0: Today is July 14th, 2018, and this is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger, and today we have a special edition of the Dual Assessment podcast. Uh, As you may notice, Deck Tech, a man who eats, dreams, and breathes card games, is not here today, but the reason is he is on an assignment, and he is going to bring a a special treat for you in that we have an interview with... First and current Duel Links World Champion, Timmy Chu. Timmy Chu, coming hot from New Zealand, is going to interview with Tech, And they will come up shortly. But um, it's an honor having Timmy to speak to us today. And you won't want to miss a world champion's perspectives on the game and suggestions on how to improve the game. Um, All this insight from the highest level Duel Links player. Uh, we also have some other things to talk about this week, including the upcoming 2018 World Championships. They uh, there was a little leak about how the format would be, so I would be discussing that, and also the new cards from Gladiator Beast Dual Island. So it'll be cool to check out if those cards can bring Gladiator Beasts back. But first, let's talk about my week in Dual World. Um, honestly. For, for an episode where we have such a special guest, I have nothing to talk about in my weekend duel world. <laughs> um, I'm still in plat 1, and I, I probably didn't put in the games this week. Normally, I would play a few games a day after work or something, but things have been a bit busier in that uh, I wasn't really getting any breaks and things like that, and coming back home tired, so I just uh, you know auto-dueled the various Cyrus and uh, Gladiator Beast events. So, but I did, you know, I did try some decks in Aliens and Bujins. Aliens, I saw a Reddit post that got King of Games. Um, I think I tried the same deck, but I don't think I even got to the promotion game. I may have gotten to the promotion game for Plat 2, but nowhere there. And Bujins, of course, um, you know, they they seem to be a deck that has a lot of potential since they can do a, a lot of different things, but... With Fur Hires being Top Dog, Dinah pretty much kills the deck since Dinah is a has an ability when he's special summoned to remove stuff from the graveyard, and that's what Bujins that's their you know, their toolbox is stuff in the graveyard. So it's a bad bad spot for Bujins right now, so that's why I have not gotten off plat one. I did check out Fur Hires I probably will go to Fur Hires next because of some new deck developments, which I will talk about now. So, this week in esports, there is only one documented event this week, and that was Duel Links Meta Weekly 28. And what I mentioned before with Fur Hires, it's just, is, it seems like they have gravitated towards a new build, at least for the Duel Links meta community. So, I might try that for the latter. And, this uh, Duelence Meta Weekly 28 happened on July 11th, on Wednesday, so the, f- the top four decks were all for hires, and they made up over one-third of the decks brought to the tournament out of 70 players, so uh, it shows that you know in this Duelence Meta tournament community, for hires are definitely there, and if you've played ranked at any capacity in Plat and above, they are probably the most common deck, so... You know, it's kind of the next replacement for Sylvan's. Uh, I personally find them to be more palatable than Sylvan's. I hated Sylvan's, but Fur Hires Fur Hires are more of a dumb deck. They're, it's like, they have a really high power level, and it doesn't take much for them to get there, but they weren't as brainless as Sylvan's were, because there's there's a lot of board consideration on filling up too much space, sequencing... Uh, knowing what your player, what the opponent has, and things like that. So, I personally struggle with for hires. That's why I'm not uh, at a high rank right now. But it's something I probably would have to pick up. But um, Amazonas and Master Heroes are also common in this dueling's meta. And also, Battery Men, Gem Knights, Spellbooks, and Six Samurai showed up in some capacity from one to six players. Six players brought Battery Men actually, so that's interesting. First place, Foo Fo Foo for twenty this is a fur Hire deck beat down all all top 4 decks were beat down fur Hire. so not much variation here but the new development here is that there are sphere Kribo's. Um, there are two sphere crebos in this guy's main deck and one in the sideboard so you could have gone three um, and that that could be a number of different reasons i think it's because of wiz so wiz cannot counter the sphere crebos uh, defense effect so Encounter counter Econ and things like that. But not Sphere Kribo. Another new development in this for Hire deck is there's only one Recon. Um, there's three Donpa in this deck. Donpa is the one that destroys face-ups. Recon destroys sets. So there is only one Recon. And yeah, I, I think the main thing to take away is that Sphere Kribo is acceptable for Fur Hires. I personally have two copies so I will try out this deck. And the one Recon is interesting as well. Second place, Mr. Cellophane. Same, uh, uh, another beatdown for hire. This one is the only one in the top four that does not have Sphere Krivo. It looks a bit like last week's um, for hires, but there is only one Recon as well with three Donpo So that seems to be a new trend. This deck relies on Hey Trunades to, um, to win the game, I guess. Third place, Yami Mia. Yami Mia brought a beatdown for hires. Same structure, similar to Mr. Cellophane. There's uh, Hey trunades in the deck. Two treacherous trap holes up. Uh, zero mayhem for hires. And there are Sphere crebos in the sideboard, so this person probably could have put in some in their tournament. And third place, Yehei. Uh Not the, the fourth beatdown for hires, though. This is kind of Yehei's specialty in that he uses the regulation of tribe as a protection card and also to remove the fur hires that are extra there's three paleozoic Canadians so that makes this one a little bit different but similarly there are three donpas and one recon so think about trimming the recons from your deck this one has three Wizzes. that's something we saw with shiny sophie on i believe a couple weeks ago but um you know you could play around with how you build this deck it's a good thing that they're not really confined. I mean, with fur hires, you know, you're going to put three uh, beats. You know, at least two of certain things. It appears three donpa and one recon is the way to go. But there is some flexibility here. It's it's one way to separate yourself from the pack on the PvP ladder. Definitely, Sir Kribo is the way to go. But you can check out these decks and learn from the players. So that is it for eSports, and now transition into our interview with Timmy Chu. Um, as I mentioned, Timmy is the current world champion of Duel Links, the first world champion from New Zealand, and he has history in the TCG as well, so I will patch in DeckTech and enjoy the interview.
1: Hey guys, Deck Tech here. I'm coming in live at the time of recording with <laughs> uh, with Timmy Chu, the first and current Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links champion, uh, world champ. Uh, he's he's coming hot from the mall, so we might get a little background noise, but we're going to do what we can. Uh, so, Timmy, it's an honor to have you here. Uh, how's it going?
2: Yeah, it's going well. It's uh, it's honored to be here.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, it's. Not every day we get to talk to the world champion of our favorite game, so that's pretty sweet. For you know, I've said it a couple times, but for for those at home who don't kind of know your background, your history in Yu-Gi-Oh, and then in Duel Links, uh, can you give like a a little bit of an intro? Let us know who you are.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, Well, my name's Timmy Chu. I'm 26 years old. I've been playing New Year since uh, the very beginning, uh, Saturday Kaiba. And um, I was a competitive TCG player and um, I, yeah, I started playing Duel Links uh, since it it, it came
1: out. Yeah. Um, So how did, I I guess, from the regular TCG, it was just a natural transition to Duel Links. Do you try every uh, Yu-Gi-Oh game that comes out or was there something about Duel Links that kind of stood out to you as a, a a good next step?
2: Oh, well... Recently, um, online card games or, like, collectible card games have become more popular, like Hearthstone uh, and, um, like, Magic Online.
0: Mm-hmm. And now
2: Magic Arena um, it, It's something that has been popular for a while now, and I played um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Online 3, um, which was, like, a, it's more similar to the PCG. Um, yeah, and I thought that Duel Links was something like that, uh, but yeah, um, I just started playing Duel because it's accessible, um, and I can play it on my phone at work and after work and on um, public transport, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I uh, I felt the same way. It's, it's nice when you can jam games while you're supposed to be doing something else, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, so. How did you go from just picking it up and maybe you know playing while you're at work or whatever to becoming the world champion? What, how did that happen?
2: Uh, well, I started billiards um, pretty casually, so um, yeah, I never intended. Well, I, I wasn't aware that there would be a world championship, so I just played for fun. Uh, and because I really love the game, I just kept playing. And I got really into it when uh, after the first KC Cup. Because at that time I was free to play and I, I thought it was the most fun thing ever. So I started investing money into the game. And yeah, uh, and I started trying a lot harder when they said that there'll be a world championship.
1: Nice. So um, I don't remember, did you qualify on that first KC Cup?
2: Um, I qualified through the, the world championship qualifiers. Okay. Um, yeah. The, the KC Cups, um, I was pretty casual, in, uh, just playing free-to-play stuff.
1: Gotcha. And then that gave you the bug, and then you got got hardcore mode on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so what's it been like as the champ? Has, has anything changed? Have you gotten any, I don't know, sponsorships or anything like that?
2: Um, yeah. Um, I've got a sponsorship with, with Yu-Gi-Oh Singles, um, ygosingles.com. Um, they're a TCG company, and um, I know them from the TCG, and they know me from the TCG. And uh, yeah, uh, I got a sponsorship from them. Um, but yeah, n- nothing really different. It's just the same, uh, except now my friends give me a lot of give me a lot of stick
1: <laughs>
2: for being the champ.
1: Yeah, that's funny. I like that. Uh, a couple of the other players who were at that World Champs were also um, former TCG players, right? I know you mentioned that you were kind of close to Tupup. Um I know DK used to play. Do you do you know any of the rest of the guys who were there? Um,
2: I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure about the Dueling players. That uh, yeah, I'm not sure which ones of the Dueling players were TCG players because I didn't really know any of them before Worlds. Hmm. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, but I knew a lot of the TCG competitors for Worlds.
1: Right. Okay, well, that's cool. Uh, and, and so the TCG players, are they the ones who are giving you flack about being the, the Duel Links champ?
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they always say that Duel Links isn't a real, real, real world championship. I got to win the real one.
1: Oh, yeah, you got the digital one. Now you need the real one uh okay well well, why don't we shift gears a little bit um for our our listeners who are you know maybe not trying to be world champ but definitely trying to get better at the game what what types of tips or do you have anything for them to try to better their game on a day-to-day basis things that helped you get to that such a high level yeah
2: um um, when i was training really hard for the TCG. I would grind a lot of games, um, and that would help me to get to know a deck a a lot better. Mm -hmm. And after every single game, I would try to reflect and see what I could have done better. Regardless of it was a win or a lose, I would analyze my games. Um, That's something I did uh, before, but um, yeah, stuff like that. And I also like to play other games and. yeah, and try to use like I'd play chess, and chess would help me to think. Um, and, uh, think in a different way to Yu-Gi-Oh. And then I'd also play um, a little bit of Magic and a little bit of Pokemon, and it would all make you think in a different way. So when you come to play Yu-Gi-Oh, um, you're not so uh, you're more open-minded, and yeah, you you think a lot. Yeah, you think a lot more outside the box. Yeah, that's nice
1: um what what decks are you kind of playing now what decks do you like um in the current meta for people who maybe want to get a little better and they they want to settle in on one deck to practice with mostly or or i don't know anything what do you think are right. the competitors
2: um i think uh at this stage right now the best deck is uh home. Mm-hmm. And, but that's the deck that i really hate to play uh yeah. It's just yeah, I, I just don't like the dig. But um what dig am I currently playing? I'm playing a lot of Amazons and Heroes. Um yeah, I like Amazons and I like Heroes because you can sort of customize it a little bit more than the your high deck. So you can add your your own ticks and uh you can build it in a way to beat other digs. Yeah,
1: yeah that's nice. I like uh I'm playing a lot of Amazonists right now too. I like that one. And yeah. I used to be playing, before that I was playing a lot of Sea Stealth, and you did a, a video about it that helped me out a little bit. So uh, that was sweet. Yeah, hey, Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> so what do you think, but, well, actually, before we move on, uh, is there anything in this yeah. newest set that, uh, that you thought might shake things up? Um, we've got, I don't know, some Gem Knights. We've got a little bit, um, I don't even remember the other ones um... in there.
2: I actually uh, haven't uh, went through the entire set yet because uh, I just came back from uh, visiting my family, so uh, I haven't had a proper look. But yeah, from what I recall, I think gym nights were pretty good, and um, I want to play with the lights on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some like uh, Twilight sort of gigs, light and dark decks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was my jam um, back in the TCG days.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> all right. Well, um, cool. Once you get a, once you take a look at it, maybe we'll see if you've changed your mind. If you like, I don't know, the batteries or something better. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well. Um, so, <laughs> no, not that one. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so. One of your more recent videos on your YouTube channel that I saw um, was kind of talking about some issues that you saw with kind of the current state of the game, the health of the game going forward. Um, the, Of course, our listeners should definitely go check it out, hear it directly from your mouth. But uh, just to briefly summarize, I kind of got three main takeaways as your issues with the game. Um, and one of them was the cheaters who have like mods and stuff to... Uh, up their gains on PVE content or to just gain a a clear unfair advantage of like seeing face down cards and stuff in PVP. Um, Another one was the cost to play and the speed of the releases. And then the last one was kind of more competitive end game options for high level players uh, such as yourself. Uh, We've talked a little bit about a couple of these issues on our show, but I'd love to hear kind of you expand a little bit on that
2: okay um yeah in in the video i talked um a little bit about these topics um yeah i so from a competitive background i i and because i really love the game um i want the game to maintain its integrity i don't want to see cheats or um, mods that give anyone an advantage uh, because you know. Ultimately, it it did did affect some people in the World Championship qualifiers. So, um, we don't know how many people got knocked out of the qualifiers because of uh, mods. And we don't know how many people actually even use these mods. Um, Yeah, and it really ruins the the game entirely. um, Especially if you can't be certain who's legit and who's not. Right. Um, Yeah, I think... Konami um, recently, or Dueling, has recently patched the the mods, so um, you you don't there are no PVP mods anymore.
1: Oh, nice.
2: Yeah, so from what I know, I think the PVP mods got patched, and I hope that uh, Konami keeps doing this and um, is acts more strictly on people who do use these mods, Um, because yeah. In the end, no matter what game, no one likes to
1: cheat cheater, right? Right, yeah, I totally agree. It, it ruins it for everyone who's trying to play honestly. It makes you feel like, like, what's the point of even playing if this guy's just going to cheat and win? And so uh, I agree. I really hope that Konami kind of keeps it going, uh, keeps on top of these. Uh, of course, you've got to assume that as soon as Konami shuts down one popular set of mods, they're going to start trying to make a workaround for the next set, so Konami has to stay on it. But uh, I hope right. they do. Because I agree, I think that that's definitely worth their time.
2: Yeah, the next comes on uh, the cost of play and how, um, how often that they release new sigs. And um, yeah, I think pretty much every player can, can uh, say the same thing. Um, no, no one likes how expensive the game is, and no one likes how, <laughs> how many uh, how how quick the pets are released. Um, and and not only that, I, I really hate the power creep and how money I put into the game uh for cards and older sets are, are totally worthless. Mm-hmm. Um and it's not like half stone where you could disenchant your cards and create new cards. That's like absolutely worthless and it's cards that you'll never use or you'll probably never use again. Like what's the point of having an ultra rare X raider, for example? Mm-hmm.
1: I have four. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I I think if they can slow down the sets and uh, slow down on the power group, then um, the meta can develop better. And this is actually better for competitive play as well. Because a lot of people, they don't have time to master a deck and then a new deck has already been released. So the quality of play is actually not at the highest it can be so if, if we got uh several formats or several tournaments at the same deck um then the quality of play at, at near the end of these formats would be a lot higher than uh in during the one tournament we had the cards play.
1: yeah yeah i agree i uh i skipped the fur higher box so you know that's woe is me that always happens uh where the good stuff is the ones i skip and then the not so good stuff is the ones i get but I jumped, I dumped like 12,000 gems into this most recent box and I didn't get everything I needed to do the light sworn. And then, you know, I, I agree that I think the cost is a bit too high. It feels bad when you can save up for two months and then still not have enough to, uh, buy like a full set of this new newest expansion. Right. And, uh, and then it also, it doesn't help that the gems expire. Like once you have 10K, you can't hold on to more for more than a month. So you yeah. have to buy something. So yeah, yeah, well it'll be interesting to see if they can do something about that. Um, yeah. Right now, changing course like a couple years in, uh, that would be kind of a big deal for them. So we'll see where they go with that. Yeah. All right. and And then the oh, last one you- was the, oh, sorry. Did you have more on that?
2: Uh, I was going to talk about the competitive play.
1: Perfect, yeah.
2: yeah. I was actually playing a lot of uh, Magic Arena recently, and they have these modes. Uh, they have a lot of different game modes, and some of these modes are like uh, draft modes uh, and like standard um, modes. And we um, and on how many games you win you get a certain amount of prizes. And um, I wouldn't think of magic or anything but um i was able to go infinite with these uh gems so um you know something like this uh, makes the game a lot more sustainable especially for the better players um and people want to get better as well so those people who don't go infinite they're going to spend money to get better and and play more and, and increase their card pool and whatever and uh this is something that um, I suggested to the developers last year in Japan, and um, they assured me that there would be something for competitive players. And uh, yeah, I, I really want to see a mode like that where, you know, if you win, you get you get you get cards, you get packs, you get gems, whatever. And um, because this um, helps us um, be able to expand our collection without having to spend that money. Mm. So even if they do decide to keep releasing packs. At the same rate it is, um, if there was another way to obtain the cards without spending money, um, this might uh, stop the bleeding, I guess, or um, or even yeah. Um, so at the moment, I've, I have yeah, I really don't play much feelings because um, the, the the competitive games are so few, and um, if you know the matchups, that's you know everything, and once you get to King of Games, there's nothing, nothing more to do. So uh, I find it pretty pretty much uh, pointless to play after you've reached King of Games um, because you're just playing PvE for the rest of the month. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's no uh, top of the ranked ladder. Like in Hearthstone, we know they, they rank everyone numerically. So uh, the players can still compete just to see who's yeah. number one within that highest echelon. And then, uh, of course... Arsenal has a completely different system where that is also tied to their pro scene, uh, which it has its benefits and, and you know, its downsides, but at the very least they have some ranking, which is seems like a pretty simple fix, or not really fix, but a, a pretty simple feature to add to give these players give you guys this extra competitive uh point to even continue playing after King of Games.
2: Yes. Exactly, yeah.
1: Alright, cool. Well, um, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Um, we have to leave some time for Green Ranger to do the news and talk about how his day is going and all of that, so uh, I think I'll let you go. It has truly been an honor uh, chatting with you. We really appreciate you coming on to the show. Um, you, do you want to give any shout-outs? Uh, plug your YouTube channel, the sponsor again, uh, anything else that you want to talk about? Your Discord?
2: Yeah, yeah sure um shout out to bricks and potato that's my um dueling's team and my sponsors YGO um if you play with tcg check them out they've got the best prices on tcg cards and yeah um check out my youtube channel if you're a dueling's player or a yu here oh um my youtube's uh youtube.com slash timmy great
1: well thanks a lot timmy
0: Much thanks to Deck Tech and, of course, Timmy Chu for providing the interview for us. Um, As he mentioned, a shout-out to his Duel Links team, Bricks and Potatoes. You can follow Timmy Chu on Twitter, Timmy underscore C-H-I-E-W. And he has a YouTube page, YouTube.com slash Timmy Mon. That's Timmy, M-O-N. And, of course, his sponsor... YGO singles.com. It's not a dating website, but you can buy Yu-Gi-Oh cards there. So uh, it might be based out of New Zealand, so I'm not sure about shipping rates and whatnot, but they do have um, you know conversion rates for prices to American dollars and other currencies, so check out Yu-Gi-Oh if you want to buy some TCG cards. And um, this is we don't we we've played around with the interview format before. But if you did enjoy this type of content, these interviews with Timmy Chu, we'll definitely try to get more in the future. Um, Timmy was very um, gracious in giving us the time. I know he was traveling, so um, players do like talking about Duel Links. People who love Duel Links love talking about the game, so if you would like to see more of this stuff, let us know on Twitter, on email, anywhere, anywhere you can find this, let us know, and we will try to get more interviews for you. So, that transitions to the 2018 Duel Links World Championships. And, basically, the, the structure of the upcoming Duel Links World Championships was found. I don't think it was officially released by Konami, but it's definitely uh, something that we can talk about, because it's very interesting. And we recently had the special duels earlier this month, which I got King of Games in. Uh, but we know why, it, it's its become evident why the structure of these special duels was the way it was with the legendary duelists, and that ties into this World Championships. So let's talk about it. It's going to be a two-day event. First day is a round robin, and if you're not familiar with that term, it's basically you play everyone in your division, and the people with the highest records move on to day two. So... I don't know how many divisions there are, so let's say they divide, you know, sixteen invited players by two, so there will be eight players in each division, and they would play each other eight times. That's probably unlikely. It's probably going to be like four divisions, four groups. So, you know, each player plays each other, and then the people of the highest records move on. So that makes sense. If there's sixteen into four divisions, and then um, the top player in each group Division moves on to Day 2. I guess that makes sense, because it divides evenly. But Day 2 is a single elimination format, so that's pretty uh, self-explanatory. And and of course, the number of divisions and games depends on how many players get invited, first of all. The round robin, you definitely don't want to have people playing, like, I don't know, 15 games a day. So it, it definitely makes sense to put people into smaller groups, but not too small. So... It's an, it's an alternative to Swiss, I guess. And the format. So... Each player brings five decks. There are three standard decks and two legendary decks. There are a lot of stipulations here, so I'll try to explain it. Um, of those five decks, three are standard to two are legendary. So... Standard decks are just you know, the decks you play on the ranked or whatever. Legendary decks are the decks from the special duels. So, the the character you pick has to have a certain skill. So, they probably won't have balance or restart. You know, the common skills that are shared among people. But they do have their signature skills. So, let's say Crowler has the ancient gear skill. So, um, you know, things like that. And... With these five decks, each has to be a different character and each has to be a different skill. So uh that's a lot of that's a lot of negotiating. Um obviously with the legendary decks, you don't want a I guess a really good skill on PvP. So you won't well I guess they're constrained anyway, so you might like Crowler's skill is a good one for example, Arcana's skill Would work too. So anything that worked really well during that tournament. I mean the special duels would qualify. And then you could use your main skills. Your balances. Your restarts. Your beatdowns for the three standard decks. It's a best of five to win a match. So in in the regular Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG. It's three games in a match. So it's best of three. Here it's best of five. So the first person to score three wins will win. So um. That's pretty self-explanatory. Each deck can only be used once in each match. This is pretty important. Um, usually, they let the losers keep their decks. So, usually, in like Hearthstone tournaments, I think, a winning deck typically cannot be used twice. So, you have to sometimes dip into your weaker decks to try to get a win. And that makes it a little bit difficult. Here, it seems like a losing deck cannot even be used. So... Uh, all five of your decks are going to be tested, and a weak point can be exploited pretty good. So, um, definitely a deck building consideration to have five strong decks. Game order goes standard, legendary, standard, legendary, standard. So, uh, you go, you, you bring your three standard decks, your two legendary decks, and they alternate. That's all they mean. so, that means. So, that's pretty fair, because a legendary deck should not be able to face a standard deck. A standard deck should be much stronger than a legendary deck. And... In this way, you could kind of match your meta, your ranked meta decks against each other, and then your special dual decks against each other. So, that is that. Um, and it might make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't appear that you have to lock in which deck goes in order. So, it doesn't have to say this is my first, this is my second, this is my third. You could kind of pick which of your three standards go first. And which of your two legendaries goes second. So it might be wise to put your strongest decks first. So that you can knock out your opponent in three games. Instead of dipping into your fourth and fifth deck. where You might provide intel to other people. Or play a weaker deck that has fewer cards. Both players can see the remaining characters left for each player. So unlike other games where you could see the deck lists. You cannot see the deck lists from Duel Links, And that was the case last time too. But here, you just see the character. So, let's say you're watching this on Twitch. Each person is gonna have five character faces on each side. So let's say you got Kaiba, you got Joey, you got Mai, you got Crowler, you got Esperoba or something. So, and then they, I guess they just get grayed out or something. So it's kind of like Pokemon. You have your your Pokemon on the bench, and you don't know what skills they have, but they're they're there. So you can kind of get some intel about what they're playing. Obviously, like I said, Crowler uh, is probably playing Ancient Gears, or he could be disguising himself as Beatdown. Um, So that's some information for the players about knowing what decks to expect uh, for the tournament. Legendary decks are the same as last month's Special Duels, as I mentioned, but it's possible they changed the list of skills and cards, because Konami likes to do this in that they disguise an event to have some purpose. And it's it's apparent that the special duels were to collect data for the championships. It, it has to be, right? Because stipulations were so specific. Each character was limited to two or three skills. You had required cards, you had optional cards, but you needed certain cards. So um, obviously they probably knew, you know, Arcana or Crowler were the strongest guys. Uh, I don't know; it could have been something else, but those are the most common ones I saw. And they might give Crowler weaker cards in his pool. You know, they might tweak it a little. And it's also important to note that you could play skillless. So, like I like we mentioned before, special duels. Some people just brought fur hires with no skill, uh, no dual skill. I mean, not no skill, but um, you could choose to. Play your legendary deck as a meta deck that has no skill, but then you have to weigh if this neuter deck with uh, with the characters required cards and no skill is better than the other three meta decks in my standard list. So there's a bit of balancing there. Um, card. This is the most important thing. I think this is this. This next stipulation is going to make the decks very not meta, very unexpected. Card limits are spread across your five decks. So if you have a limited card, you can only use one across all five decks combined. If you have a semi-limited card, you can only use two. And all of the unlimited cards, which you have three copies of in your deck, can only be used all across all five decks. This is huge. Um... You can only use two econs in all five decks combined. So, obviously, kind of this this puts a huge restraint on cards like Treacherous Trap Hole, um, Econ Mirror Wall, Super Rush Wall of D, any really common good back row. Monster cards are less affected. There are cards that you do use in multiple decks, but uh, typically, if you're running an archetype. There aren't the monster slots where you could say, "I'm going to fit this guy in every single deck." There are cards that do that, but um, this kind of this spreads things out. So, you know, let's say you're going to bring five decks. You're bringing for hires. That would be Kaiba. And that would be Beatdown, and will you put a treacherous? Let's say you don't have three treacherous trap holes. You could only put one in that deck. And then you'll have a second Treacherous Trap Hole for your Masked Heroes deck. So, this does put... Champions likely do have three of each card. People like me don't, but... You know, it's possible a person going into this tournament does not have three of a card. And this is where having three Treacherous Trap Holes is a really good thing. So, let's say you're bringing Fur Hires. You're bringing Masked Heroes. Masked Heroes do use Beat denim, but let's say you are trying to hedge... And you're putting Aster into a legendary deck slot with the um, the skill that gives them a thousand attack on the field. So that deck would probably require Treacherous Trap Hole. You probably can't put Econ in that deck. Or you might put one. Or you might even have Cosmic Cyclone if you have some of those. Um, let's say you're building another deck. Arcana has to fill up a slot. Crowler has to fill up a slot. So there's a lot of considerations about what you use and uh, certain cards, like Spellbooks or Bujins, like a 30-card deck, might be useful in this format because they they don't really rely on those spells, uh, like Econ and things like that. So it's good to pigeonhole certain good cards for specific decks. And other cards that are a bit lower on the pecking order, like Fire Formation Gyaku might see some play. Um, you know, your Floodgates are going to be spread out, so you're going to try to get more paleozoic Canadians um Forbidden Chalice Memory Loss might see some play because you can't have, you know, a million chalices in all your decks, so you're gonna have to spread them out. All these cards have special secondary abilities. Um something like security orb might come back. You know, these these cards that aren't good enough to see play are gonna be pushed into see Play. And certain decks with their own toolkit help as well. Um one deck for example, uh let's say may for hires, they have may have may have for hire and also that trap card. Um for hire training for all your training needs. So um cards with their own tool set. Another group this this isn't a meta deck, but let's say the Maldoshes, they got plenty of trap cards and spell cards specific to them, so they might be a deck to consider. Let's say you're really good at the deck and They won't take up your extra econ or your extra treacherous travel slots. So there is, all the players going into the world championships are going to have a long time to build these decks. They're going to need to think and see what is what. It's not only spreading out your limited resources across your five decks, it's knowing what the opponent's going to play and trying to anticipate that to encounter it, so... It, this is definitely going to be really fun to see what people are going to bring because of all these constraints. Um, and finally, the last stipulation is cards released after August 1st are not allowed. So, I believe that's a new Chaz event. That's when that's going on. But all these cards are currently legal. Taya is coming on deck, so she's going to be legal too. So, um, this makes sense too. Obviously, you can't you know, surprise someone with a card. So,. So that's all we have for the 2018 DuelX World Championships. This definitely makes things a lot more exciting because if you're just going to see meta decks all day, it might be quite boring, but you know, this forces non-meta decks, non-meta cards into the tournament, so I am definitely going to check this out. Hopefully it will be streamed on Twitch or something so I could, you know... This will make for a great viewing experience for sure. Um, This week's main... PvE PvP event, which came out yesterday, was Dual Island Gladiator Beast. Dual Island was pretty well received the first time around, from what I could tell. People liked it. They took... Konami took in a lot of suggestions on how to, you know, make the PvE experience better. And this was the result. And this time, we see Gladiator Beast. Gladiator Beasts were a meta deck. They were probably... I don't think they were tier 1. They they needed to hit into things, and that was their weakness, but... They were a solid top tier, tier 2 deck, I'd say. And they showed up in tournaments, they showed up on the ladder, people got King of Games with them. And there are some new Gladiator Beast cards coming. And yeah, we already have these cards, so if you've played the event, you probably scored some of these. Last time Gladiator Beasts were around, Beastiari saw some play. Beastiari was the bird that 1500 when they tagged out. So just to explain Gladiator Beasts, if you're a new player, Gladiator Beasts have a, they're kind of like wrestlers, so they tag out and tag in. If you're thinking about a a wrestling WWE um, tag team match, the person who tags out will tag in their partner. And what happens is after a Gladiator Beast goes into battle with a monster, so they hit or they get hit, they go back into the deck and they bring in a new monster, which has an ability. So basically they have this tag in ability. Um, was a winged beast that had 1500 and it destroyed a spell or trap when it brought, got brought back in. Demacari, Demacari saw a little play. It wasn't the best one. People usually put one in, but it could attack twice during the battle phase. Laquari was one of the, was the main SR chase for glad beast. And it was basically a 2100 when it came on the board as well as just being an 1800. Um, Another card you saw was Mermillo. Murmillo was weak. It only had 800 attack, but it destroyed a monster on the field when tagged in, so that was a pretty good ability. And I think people saw some of the um, fusion cards as Zadari. was a gorilla that had um, 2,500. That was all it did. It had no uh, special ability, but it was a contact fusion. So Gladiator beasts do contact fusions where they fuse each other without polymerization. And, of course... I believe Necrolos or Arachnos. I think Necro- Neurochius was the other uh, fusion. It was a contact fusion of three Gladiator Beast monsters. And it was kind of like a uh, the finisher, but you didn't really need it. So let's see the new cards here. The first one is Gladiator Beast Darius. Darius is a UR. 1,700 attack, 300 attack, three hundred defense, Beast Warrior, earth, stat, uh, earth Attribute. When this card is special summoned by the effect of a Gladiator Beast monster, target one Gladiator Beast in your graveyard and special summon it. But its effect is negated by this card and it is shuffled to the deck when this card leaves the field. At the end of the battle phase, if this card attacked or was attacked, you can shuffle it into the deck. Special summon one other gladiator beast. Except Darius. So Darius basically just comes onto the board and brings another guy back from the graveyard. It's a pretty good ability. Um it would be broken if the other guy had also their ability, so you would double up on tag out ability tag in abilities, but it's still pretty good. And the easy thing to do I think the main combo with Darius is you bring him onto the board, you get another card out, and then you contact Fuse into Ezidari. So, azadari's the Gorilla with 2500 attack. And basically, that's all it is. You get a Ezidari out. So, um, it's not the best ability. And, and another card it works with is Gladiator Beast and which is just a 1900. It has no... It's a normal monster, so... You know, it's not. it's not the worst card, but it is... It's okay, it gets you an Azidari on the board, which is something to consider. Another card is Tigerius. Gladiator Beast Tigerius is 1800 Earth Beast. Um, this card cannot be used as a fusion material monster. When this card is special summoned by the effect of a Gladiator Beast, you can discard one Gladiator Beast. To add one Gladiator Beast from your deck. So. You basically. Discard one from your hand. And then you add one from your deck to your hand. So it's just swapping a monster. This card does not have great ability. The, the one we just saw Darius brought a monster back from the graveyard for free. This one I don't think Gladiator Beasts have a full hand, typically. They have things like Draining Shield, which would be set. And they're not really adding to their hand, they're bringing them back to the board. So, it's conditional, this ability is conditional if you even have a card in your hand. And then it can't be used as a as a Contact Fusion, which sucks, because you do want the Dari on the board, and it doesn't really do anything to affect the board. Only good thing about this card is it has eighteen hundred attack, which, Laquari is an eighteen hundred that becomes into a twenty one hundred, so it's not bad. Um, I think, it, I think this is worse than Darius, but it could be a budget Laquari. That's that's how I see it. The effect is not the best either, because you want to tag them out. You don't want to. It doesn't matter which one you bring into your hand. You just want the one special summoned from the deck, not summoned. So. There's no ability when you summon a gladiator beast. Another new card is Equesti Gladiator Beast 1600-1200 winged beast, wind. Um, when it gets tagged in, when it gets special summoned by another gladiator beast, target one gladiator beast in your graveyard and add it to your hand. At the end of the turn, at the end of the battle phase, when it was attacked or attacked, you can put it back in your deck. So this ability. It's somewhere in the middle between Darius and Tigerius. It's better it's worse than Darius, better than Tigerius, because you get a card for free. You know, um any gladiator beast in your graveyard, you target it and you add it to your hand. So it's it's a fringe one, I'd say. It doesn't affect the board. Unfortunately, Beastiari and Mermilla do affect the board. But you could play around with Questi. Two more new cards. This is Gladier Beast Retiari, 1200-800 3-star Aqua aqua Water Attribute. When this card is special summoned by the effect of a Glad Beast, you can remove from play one card from your opponent's graveyard. If it was attacked or attacked, you can return it to the deck and special summon another Glad Beast. So this ability, the tagging ability is basically remove one card from your opponent's Graveyard, out of play. Banish that card. And Banish from Graveyard is not the worst thing in the world. It's... It, if you if you played against for hires, the Dinah does that. But it's it's not an ability you want as your only ability. It's good if it's extra. That's how I feel about it. Um, certainly, in the Sylvan meta, in the Mastero meta, they were pretty good abilities. They... They, um, if you banish the Sylvan, that was pretty solid because then you, you would, um, that's Sylvan. If you banish the Destiny Hero, that would prevent them from drawing two cards and stuff like that. But um, it's not. It doesn't. It's weak. This card, Retiari, has twelve hundred attack. It doesn't affect the board like Murmillo does. It does not destroy anything. It doesn't affect the board like Beastiari does. It's just an extra ability. So, I think. This one does not see play, um, unfortunately. And the last card is Gladiator Taming. This is the only spell you get from this new set. It's a quick play spell. You got two options. If you have a face-up Gladiator Beast on the field, activate one effect. Select one face-up monster your opponent controls and change its battle position. Second ability: Select one face-up Gladiator Beast your opponent controls. Take control of it until the end phase. So if you look at this card, you think it looks like Econ, but the first uh, ability is Econ. You switch, you switch them into defense mode or attack mode. But the second ability is only useful if Gladiator Beast become a meta deck. You take control of a meta of a Gladiator Beast. Unlike Econ, you don't have to tribute your own guy. But at the same time, this is extremely techy If Gladiator Beast become the you know the new fur hires if. If you're putting this in your deck, and you're the only person playing Glider Beast, it's kind of useless. It just does flipping one guy into defense mode. So definitely, it won't see play unless these cards actually make Glider Beasts worthwhile. So overall, I don't think these cards do enough to make Glider Beasts worthwhile again. I could be wrong. I, I do like some of the cards. Darius, I like Tigris is a damper. Atiari is no good. Equasti is okay. Gladiator Beast taming isn't that good, so you know it, it's fine. It's Gladiator Beasts had their time, I guess. If you if you do like playing the deck and want to make them see a comeback, it would be a good thing to try these cards out. But I don't think this makes them come back. Um, but you know, it's it's six new, it's five new cards to test out, and it's fun just to test out things. So. See if you can make it work. It'll be fun to do. And finally, the last thing I will talk about today is Train Your Kribo. This was... This was the thing I was teased about Kribo. Um, kind of like a pet, but it's just a login event. And all you have to do is just auto-duel or play one ranked game. And you get experience points and you level up your Kreebo five times. Um... I, I personally thought it would be a competitor for pokemon go but it seems like that's not the case it's just kind of a login event and you get a prismatic um, ursr ticket at the end of the in early August so that's all there's to it I don't know if you get to keep the kribo as some kind of duelist we, we shall see but it is a free gift so I will not complain about it so it's you know I guess it was it seemed like a bigger deal than it was but it's not Um, So that is it for today's episode of the Dual Assessment. Thank you for listening. Uh, Shout out to Timmy for the interview again. It was definitely an honor for us to have a person of his caliber on the podcast. And um, if you enjoyed listening to Timmy, definitely let us know so we shall bring more of that stuff for you in the future. Listen and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Overcast, YouTube. We're probably available in other searchers as well, so check it out. Just search The Dual Assessment. Check out the podcast and more at our website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash thedualassessment. If you want to help our efforts, uh, patreon.com slash dual underscore assessment. Send us an email if any questions at thedualassessment at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, dual underscore assessment, me at Green Ranger H oh Green Ranger CCG, I forgot my new name. And DeckTech, who did the interview with Timmy HS DeckTech. Thanks a lot and see you guys later.